0: Hey guys, if you want updates on our latest episodes, then be sure to subscribe to the Film Colossus podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Also, if you'd like to support the show and hear episodes ad-free, then subscribe to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash filmcolossus. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. My name's Chris Lambert. And my name is Travis Bean. Welcome to Film Colossus, your fast and, quite frankly, furious guide to movies. I like what you did there. Yeah. I've been trying to incorporate fast stuff and furious stuff more into my life a little bit day by day, Chris.
1: (laughs) Just in general.
0: Yeah. You know, like sometimes when I need to go up the stairs, I'll sprint up the stairs. Or if I need to chop some vegetables, I will just go crazy and just start flailing that knife everywhere. (laughs) The things you do when you have a a one-year-old in the house. Yeah, I haven't, I have not, I would never do this around my one-year-old. I have lost a couple fingers, though. Ah, that's a shame. That's a shame. But, you know, when you're living that life,
1: you're living that life.
0: Yeah, and um, as far as I can tell, at least from my first-hand experience now, losing fingers does not disable me from driving cars, so I'm good there. Oh, yeah, you're still shifting. Yeah. I think even if I was just down to, like, two nubby hands, I could still turn that wheel. Uh, you probably, I think, I know, I know you could. <laughs> yeah, I, and honestly, I, I think I might have a shot of getting in these movies if I bring that kind of character to them.
1: Yeah, you know, you would be definitely <sighs> scary would be the word in terms of just like your dedication to the franchise. Uh huh. They'd be like, you've been living your life how?
0: Yeah. And it's resulted in what? <laughs> I, I although it could here? disqualify me. Because uh, I wouldn't be able to hold a walkie-talkie.
1: Yeah. Okay. Can we talk <laughs> about that real fast? I wanted
0: I wanted to give us a lead into the first movie.
1: Okay. So they use walkie-talkies. Are the walkie-talkies present in the first three
0: movies? Um. It's honestly I don't know the the whole walkie-talkie uh storyline and the Fast and Furious movies has been well documented, but it's hard to keep track of like when they go and when they come. Um, I got to say, though, it's it's honestly one of my favorite parts of the movies that like sometimes they have walkie talkies <laughs> in situations where they're definitely not helpful. And sometimes they just like whisper and people hear them. <laughs> I know they do a lot of like <laughs> exposition through just like
1: driving in the car, be like, move to the left, move to the left. And you just see like the yeah. other person be like, oh, yeah, I'm a great driver and I know exactly what you're thinking because we're that. Family-oriented. Absolutely, that I just you're describing
0: pick up. what's so great about these movies.
1: I, <laughs> the walkie-talkie thing, kind of infuriates me. Uh, I get it. Much to your shock and dismay, I know. <sighs> in just the sense that it's so impractical. Oh I mean, yeah, totally. These these people are pulling off high-speed motor vehicle <laughs> like, uh, like
0: missions crime i was gonna say crimes but it's not always crimes they also like, have an incredibly technologically advanced member on their team who can get them the kind of equipment <laughs> like headsets and stuff that does not require using your hands
1: yeah i like at what point when you're driving and all the cars are stick shift right of are course. you picking up the walkie-talkie and being able to just be like all right we're gonna do this now like do you have to shift <laughs> like don't you're In high-speed chases, people are shooting at you. You're driving all wildly. You need to shift. You need both hands. I'm sorry you're not using your walkie-talkie. Yeah,
0: You're describing what's so great about these movies.
1: (laughs) That's one way of looking at it. (laughs) Uh, So, last episode, we talked about the first three movies in the franchise. Yep. And generally, like... I liked 3 out of 3, you liked 2 out of 3.
0: Well, uh, no, I for the record, I like every Fast and Furious movie. I just think Tokyo Drift it, I don't even think it's fair to like count it in the universe. It's almost like solo <laughs> a Star Wars story. Like it's like it's there, like we all recognize that it's like tangential, but it's not really part of the franchise. Like it was a fun excursion. Um we gave Lucas Black a shot at becoming a movie star. It didn't quite work out and like, you know, we're, we're not Mad that it's there, but um, we just accept that it, it's 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 the the weird cousin you see sometimes at the family reunion. You know, I I would describe that as not liking it. It's, if you're no describing... like he's a, he's a nice guy. You know, he always brings like mac and cheese, which is dope. But like, I'm not gonna go talk to him. Like, what would we have to talk about? I would describe that as not liking. <laughs> no, he's nice. He again the mac and cheese.
1: Yeah, you like the mac and cheese. <laughs> the person. The movie, the movie,
0: yeah. Like, it's just have no... like, it's not a bad movie. That's what I want to say. It's like, yeah. I, I just don't, it's saying like it, that I like two out of three. I like two out of two. <laughs> I think that
1: <laughs> it's just proving, it's semantically proving my points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now we come to Fast and Furious. Uh... Fast and Furious, that's it. That's it. No thes in it. It's just (laughs) somebody was looking at the title for this movie and said, you know what we need to do? Minimalism.
0: Yeah. Fast and Furious. I don't even want the word and. I want an ampersand.
1: Yeah. They have really changed it up. Was it (laughs) It marketing? Was it whose idea? Okay. So if I got to interview somebody from the franchise, one of the people that have been there from the get go, you know? Yeah. I think the thing that I would want to ask them, I guess this would be Neil Moritz. You know, I'm talking to yep. Neil or I'm talking to Vin right. uh, or Michael Fodtrell And I'm <laughs> saying, why?
0: <laughs> why did you title things differently every single time? Every like, single time. None of these titles are even close to they're really not alike at all other than like Fast or Furious being used. Other than that, it's a free for all and I love it. Yeah, it's just completely different. Like even Fast X,
1: there's no other just Fast po- Oh, Fast 5. Oh. But Yeah. Fast 5 is like 5, it's not Fast 10, it's Fast X.
0: F9 doesn't even like doesn't use any words. <laughs> No, it's just a gigantic tornado you know it's off the scale what are these days like just a symbol they make up is going to be the name of the movie
1: you know it is a shame that f9 did not feature the largest tornado in the history of the world
0: is that i don't know that reference oh the fujita scale i think it is uh or is it the fujita scale um well, Jeez. there could be a crossover yeah. between Fast and Furious and the Hurricane Heist, so maybe they will do that.
1: Yeah, Fujita scale... Okay, so the Fujita scale, <laughs> it starts at F0. Off to a great
0: start, by the way.
1: Yeah, right? goes F0, F1, F2, <laughs> F3, F4, F5. And okay. F5 is the height of the scale for an incredible oh, wow. like tornado that has speeds of 261 to 318 miles per hour.
0: Wow, which would cause like like a polar vortex or something like it would just end the world.
1: Yeah. So imagine an F nine.
0: Yeah. that I, that's the kind of enemy these heroes face in these movies though. I would love, they're facing somebody that's just like, I'm going to
1: create the world's <laughs> most gigantic <F9>. tornado <laughs> on Antarctica. Come stop me. So it should have been a tornado oh. in, rather than a
0: submarine. I don't know how often we're going to agree on this podcast, Chris, but you were right about that. <laughs> thank you (laughs) that should have been what they did especially since i don't really like f9 that much
1: it took a while to get there but we got there yeah um so fast and furious uh 2009 movie
0: i did not see this in theaters um i did not either this would have been after i've watched fast five me going back through and watching the Fast and Furious movies again. Like I said in the last episode, I had seen the first two movies way back when they came out, had no impact on me at the time they came out because I was a young, dumb teenager who couldn't understand complex philosophies being (laughs) illustrated in those movies. Uh, But now I do. And as I was going back through, rewatching the movies after Fast Five, uh, I remember watching Fast and Furious, I believe, in my hometown, my childhood home living room. And thinking it wasn't very good. That's all I really remember. <laughs> I just watched it for
1: the first time three weeks ago, a month ago. And I also thought it was not very good. It's one of the four you don't like. And it's four, isn't it? Yeah. it's uh, I, th- It was for a time the worst. Like if we're talking the first four movies, I'd definitely rank it last of the first four.
0: Um, I would rank it third. Well, I would rank it three out of three. <laughs> damn it it's so i like the idea
1: that we have letty being killed it brings dom back we have dom kind of on this avenging mission it recharacterizes him after he's been gone for two movies Mm. and introduces him a little bit more in this active not the mysterious leader that he was in the fast and the furious but as more of this action-oriented man on a mission. It gives him some sympathy. Like, I think it's a, a level up in terms of his character. He's a wounded animal. Yeah. Everything else, though, just kind of leaves me a little... Even from the opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Like, watching The Fast and the Furious, even though the opening sequence is really <sighs> kind of... <laughs> Basic. That's awesome. Yeah. When you compare it to the where the franchise goes from there, yeah. There's something very grounded, stylish, cool about that first, uh, like DVD player heist.
0: Absolutely. That they do,
1: and just like driving under the truck, it's very coordinated and uh, realistic in some ways, which made it feel attainable but also dangerous, and I, I like that in watching fast and furious in the intro to that, it's so bombastic and over the top and insane. It just reads as cheesy to me Mm -hmm. that from the get go, the movie just kind of got off
0: on the wrong foot to me. Yeah. I, I actually totally get that. It Justin Lin is one movie away from figuring this stuff out. like, IMO, the action in this movie is better than Tokyo Drift, um, which I found very like plotting and like not very intense, like giving off the impression of intensity, but like never actually feeling that way. I think Fast and Furious gets closer by going more bombastic and going that more cartoon level that reaches like crazy levels and fast five and fast and furious six and everything. So like, I just see it as a stepping stone to that, but I, I totally agree. If you're going to compare it to the fast and the furious that Robert, Rob Cohen, he just, he does have a certain like slick style about him from just like the way the camera moves with the cars to, like you said, like just planning out the sequence itself. And like, you're always in step with them to the colors, to just like those, the swirling, like lighting, like there's just everything just so calculated and well done on a kind of basic level. Like you said, like it's just impressive in and of itself that it's, it's tough to compare it to anything else that happens in the franchise. Because like, like you said, it goes so bombastic. Uh, but fast and furious is, the reason it pales in comparison to the Fast and the Furious is because it isn't as bombastic as it needs to be. (laughs) It isn't as like slick as you'd like it to be. Like it's, it's a little clunky, Um, especially the scenes where they're driving through like the mountains and stuff. Um, Like the little tunnels in the mountains. Yeah. Like a lot of that stuff. I don't think it's bad. Like I, I definitely wouldn't. I, so here's, here's where I'll go off on another trail is like, I agree from a pure technical standpoint that it kind of fails a little bit that it's, if you just watch that scene on its own, it's not very exciting. Uh, But for me, as somebody who's very invested in the fast and furious franchise who, you know, after you watch all these movies and you take all these characters in multiple times and you go back to a movie like this, I think, I think the entire movie does a really great job of, um, by the way, this movie, it doesn't have a ton of action in it. (laughs) Like of all the Fast and Furious movies, it might have the least. Um, Two of like, maybe the four big action scenes are those goddamn tunnel scenes, (laughs) which are just like not that well done. So it's not like there's a ton of action in it. Um, There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of character dynamics at play. And I think all of that stuff is way more interesting than the action. And all of those dynamics are infused into the action as well as off the character dynamics from the rest of the movies. That's kind of the cool part of going to rewatch these movies is you understand things a little more and you just, under- there's like more weight to the action scenes. So in that sense, I think this movie does what it needs to do that you're really into the characters and what journey they're on. And that, Helps me care more about the action scenes, but I I do agree from a technical standpoint they just aren't as well done. Yeah, I just
1: yesterday went to the theater and watched three mo- movies in the theater. Uh-huh. Um, I watched Casino Royale, You Hurt My Feelings, and Cloverfield. Yeah, and You Hurt My Feelings is just like a Sundance darling. Have four like interesting actors have problems in New York city. So very different, but casino Royale and Cloverfield, uh, I think are exactly do exactly what fast and furious fails to. And it's something that I harped on. Um, I don't know if I talked about it as much in the previous episode, but when I was ranking the movies in terms of uh, the action and micro narratives and just having some kind of smaller micro narrative being part of the action sequences to give them a little bit of vitality and life and through line. Right. Rather than just being like the tunnel scenes, an empty stretch of just like driving through the tunnel, like kind of bashing each other and then yeah. making it like, it's so A to B with a lot of the action sequences in Fast and Furious. Mm. And I thought that was some of the problem with Tokyo Drift as well. Like, not always, but especially in the last uh, drag race, drift race. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, get it right. Watching Casino Royale was just such a breath of fresh air of just, oh, this is exactly (laughs) how you use micro narratives in action sequences and structure like a blockbuster movie that has these stretches in it. And I do think Fast and Furious manages to get there at times. But it's like you needed Fast and Furious as kind of, as you're saying, or as you kind of hinted at, a larval stage of Mm. reinventing the franchise after Tokyo Drift and getting it back on track with Brian and Mia and Dom and saying, like, hey, this is who we're building this universe around. This is the new tone of this universe. Like, let's get to it. So it's doing important work in reestablishing the franchise. So I I admire it for that. I just found a lot of the, the rehashing of like Brian trying to win Dom over again is kind of repetitious. And then Brian trying to win Mia over again. It's like a bad Fast and Furious remake. Brian's even like working as a cop again and then like sides with Dom again. <laughs> like, uh.
0: This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. When life gets busy, you grind, you push, you reach for a stick of liquid IV powder. It hydrates you two times faster than water alone, so you can crush goals and your to-do list. Because real life is extreme enough. Real people, real flavor, real hydrating. Buy a stick in store or at liquidiv.com with the code podcast for 20% off your order. I... I know what you mean, but I don't really agree. I I feel like there's a different energy this time because there is. I mean A, they know Brian is a cop. Like they know what he's doing, which allows what I think is the main theme of the movie to really hit. Like what is an outlaw? Like who is a bad guy? Because, you know, Brian is a good guy in quotes because he works for the cops and Dom is a bad guy in quotes. Yet they're both infiltrating Braga's crime circle for honorable good reasons like uh, tom isn't doing anything bad he's doing something in service and justice of one of his family members and that's a key part of brian's journey as he is coming back into this family's fold and observing that and wondering about himself and like where he fits and like what how is he a good guy? Like, where where can he do the most good? And that energy is infused to him and Dom's relationship, him and Mia's relationship. Like, that is a completely different dynamic than the first movie. And I think it's played really, really well in this movie. Like, you got three actors there that, like, they're just hitting their marks, in my opinion, in this movie. Like, the 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 conversations they have, the, the weight you feel between them, like, it's all hitting to me in a way that, again... I find way more interesting that, than the action in this movie. Like, uh, there's not a lot of action in it, so like I'm kind of there just to watch almost like a, a stage play. It feels like sometimes, <laughs> and I I find it riveting. I, I mean
1: i I like the ideas as you're presenting them. It's just I found the as it was unfolding a little too like beat by beat of the first movie. Maybe if I rewatch it like a second time, I would find more to kind of admire in that way, especially having the context of the series now. But at least on that first watch, I was I was just like a little bored by a lot of it because I was like, all right, he's gonna win Mia back, he's gonna win
0: Dom back. Like I get that. Because the Fast and the Furious, like if we're comparing those two movies, that movie's really out of control. (laughs) Like the aesthetic matches what's going on, like All these people are like desperate to make their mark and like find their way. And Brian's trying to figure out what he wants. Like there's a manicness to it that is driving all of those dynamics where this movie, it's a little static. Like it's a lot of like stopping and talking and thinking and it and a lot of like, you know, big, like dramatic stares and speeches like a lot of that's going on that I could see getting a little bored by that. But again, I'm fully invested and ready for all of it.
1: I, <laughs> it's sorry. Somebody's about to package is about to be dropped off. Oh, that's so okay.
0: Archer to bark. <laughs> um, By the way, they should bring a dog into this franchise and it a is, dog should drive a car. It is really missing a dog in the franchise. <laughs> like John be... Cena should have had a dog or something.
1: How nice would that have been? I guess it would be a complicating factor for all the high-speed chases, but it
0: works in John Wick. He no. has a dog. But the dog would never die. Like, it, every narrow... This dog would constantly narrow, narrowly miss death and, in fact, help these heroes achieve their mission. <laughs> I'm just imagining, yeah, if the
1: dog's driving the car, it just has, like, a little helmet on, and they found a way to channel its brainwaves into yeah. cars. I mean there's we're getting there with like fast 11 or fast 12 it could happen
0: if ramsay can drive a car a dog can. (laughs) what she had never driven before oh she had never driven a car before well she didn't have a license yeah okay
1: (laughs) but uh, but a dog doesn't have a license she has opposable thumbs like
0: well we don't know how far in the future we're gonna go with these movies so dogs may have them by then Well, that is very true <laughs>
1: uh so fast and furious
0: okay uh fast yeah. five fast five now, I mean, Chris, we have to ready ourselves for talking about fast five this is your baby this is this is the one like this I know I've said it a few times on this show, but i I really mean this it's a perfect movie <laughs> I that's good that you feel that way. It's I absolutely it's beyond when I say perfect, like I, truly I might love the fast and the furious the most. Like I feel a kinship with that movie. I, I just adore the way it looks and the, how those characters are in that movie so much that it's probably always going to be my favorite, but fast five on a like philosophical level on just like, For me as a movie lover, as somebody who writes about movies for a living, talks about movies and like loves movies, to me this is doing exactly what I want movies to do in a way that like this is my other pick for favorite. Like it's not my personal pick, but it's like it's almost closest to me in that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just described when I was ranking Casino Royale that it's kind of the, it's not my favorite movie of all time by any means. I don't even think it's in my top 10 of all time, but there's something about it that it's kind of like the blueprint to me for how I want like a blockbustery, franchisey mm. movie to be. Right and i feel like that's you with fast 5. It's, it 100% is. it's kind of like the blueprints doing like hitting all the things that you want like this kind of movie to hit. absolutely. yes. um i i remember seeing this in theaters and being very blown away by it at the time. mhm. Uh, especially that it had a little bit more of the micro narrative with the safes. uh <laughs> and had that spectacle and that set piece to it. It felt very impressive. Uh on the rewatch it felt kind of like small to me in ways.
0: Oh yeah, I know. It's such a weird feeling to think like the safe scene yeah, feels small. Yeah, it's especially with where the
1: franchise goes of course, but I think just where cinema has gone since then. Totally. As well like action movies, blockbuster movies, like, the safe scene as a set piece is this great idea, but it's a little bit more of a a, a narrow concept than the places that some movies have gone in recent years.
0: Yeah, um, we're, we're in a post-Thanos world now. Like, you really got to up your game. <laughs>
1: yeah, there's so much that gets done. Though, like, the practical effects-wise, which I don't know how much of that was practical. Like, I'm not... I don't think they drove, like... Giant safes and <laughs> things, yeah. <laughs> but it felt kind of like grounded and practical in a way that Thanos, like Avengers,
0: yes, uh, doesn't. It's one of the my absolute favorite things about these movies is yeah, stuff like that obviously requires CGI, but they're they kind of the filmmakers of these movies always seem to pride themselves on a lot of the only CGI done is like erasing wires and stuff, you know? Like there's a lot of practical stunts.
1: Yeah, it felt like, especially, I really like Fast X, so this isn't a a dig on Fast X, but the the bomb rolling through Rome <laughs> in Fast X was very CGI clearly, totally. and a, a little cartoonish. Um, where this felt a little more grounded, a little more practical. It was a nice kind of return to some of the practical aspects of one and two that I liked so much um so it gets a lot of praise for me from that the team dynamic getting introduced again and really building out that you have this family of characters that goes beyond Dom Brian and Mia was cool as well like getting to bring Roman back really establishing Tej in a way that the second movie, like, introduced him but didn't really develop him. They gave him nothing in that movie. Yeah, like, to where you're like, oh, yeah, they brought him back. And then introducing Gal Gadot, I completely forgot she was in these movies. Oh, yeah. Um, So that was nice to see. Uh, So there is, like, a lot of the important framework stuff going on. It's just, I couldn't help but think on rewatch how more of like in the incubator this was or how it was almost like um, a thesis statements of what the franchise could be rather than like the big final version of where it would go.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's definitely you're right. Like it's a blueprint movie and the way that it kind of just sets up what these movies will now be like what, Kind of aesthetic you can expect. Like w- the way the se- action sequences are going to go, the way characters are going to talk to each other, um, the way characters can go between good guys and bad guys, like so fluidly. Like there's a lot of that going on. Um, but it does even feel small compared to like Fast and Furious 6, the next movie, yeah. where the action sequences are bigger. And in my opinion, the philosophy like deepens. Like a- every movie. Feels like it establishes what Fast Five set up a little bit more and more, but Fast Five is the one that you're right; it's the thesis statement. Like it is the one that says like This is what movies can do." And in my opinion, like again, I love this movie. This movie is perfect to me, and is doing exactly what I want movies to do. And the the mantra of this movie is whatever needs to be done in service of these characters will be done like we don't care if it makes sense <laughs> we don't care if it's possible like i we know they're not superheroes but we're just gonna go ahead and pretend they are superheroes like every it, it makes me think of fast and furious in that scene where dom is like perfectly timing to drive under like the oil tanker as it rolls down the road like yeah and that movie like it's cool like again the, that's those are the baby steps like them setting up that dynamic but like it doesn't feel real Like, it doesn't feel part of that movie. It doesn't feel established and believable like it does in Fast Five. Like, just from the get-go, the way these characters are behaving and maneuvering and talking, like, you believe them. You really believe these people can do everything they say they're going to do, and then they do it. It's... I just find it moving. (laughs) It's just, like, probably a weird thing to say, but, like, I find it truly moving to see a movie committing to a style that much and all in service of of people, of making these characters more relatable, of getting us invested in what they're doing. Like, to me, that's what movies are all about. Yeah, I I mean, we talked about
1: Fast and Furious as kind of resetting things. I do think it was wiping the slate clean. It's like a palate cleanser of, yeah. like, let's get of back Tokyo on Drift. track. Yeah, of Tokyo Drift. And then Fast Five, <laughs> yeah, is the the rebirth like hey here we are like know yeah. us is this this is this is who is in this franchise moving forward this is what we do moving forward are you with it and i remember liking it back in the day i liked it this time as well like it's still kind of a a standout in terms of just being like a a good stylistic unique in its tone and characters action movie. Um, It's not like you can't make fast and furious, but you look at the movies around it and the movies that have been made and fast and furious still kind of stands out and has a place in the action blockbuster zeitgeist. Yeah. Or fast five does. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Fast five. Um, Yeah. I just, you know, I, I don't, God, I, I feel like I must have seen it in theaters I, I feel like I did because they covered it on how did this get made way back when and there was already like some hype surrounding this movie and how crazy it was so I'm sure I went to the theaters to see it with the the people I still to this day watch the Fast and Furious movies with um, but in as much as I've always really enjoyed this movie every time I've watched it every single time I've watched it I've liked it a little bit more and more um, till we've gotten to like the point we're at now where I'm like, it's my mission statement, <laughs> like, it's everything. <laughs> um, it, including this last time because my wife and I were going through watching the movies again, um, getting ready for Fast X, and I had some friends come over one day and I suggested, like, hey, let's watch Fast Five, like, it's the next movie on our list. Like, it's a super awesome movie, anybody would enjoy this movie. Um, and we started watching it, and it's there's a lot wrapped up in this, but I'll I'll try to I'll try to cover it as efficiently as I can. Th- there was a lot of like questions about the movie, like wait, how did they do this? Like, why did that happen? Like, how is this possible? <laughs> um, which you know, I guess if you're not ready for like what these movies are doing, it is what it is. Um, and I found it frustrating because, so so first of all, before I get into that, I think part of the reason I, not I think part of the reason I love these movies is because I love watching them with people. I've always really enjoyed watching movies with a group of people who have a mutual understanding of what the movie is doing and like having fun with movies and not necessarily berating a movie, but like not, and not really criticizing a movie, but like maybe criticizing it in a fun way. Like to me, it's fun to talk about how ridiculous these movies are. I don't get angry that they're driving these safes through the banks, bank walls and probably killing hundreds of people. Like I just note that that is happening and think it's kind of funny that like that is so ridiculous that they thought they could get away with this. Um but to then watch a, the movie with people who are really critiquing it and really annoyed about it and really angry about it. <laughs> like it it really again cemented why I love this movie and this franchise. That I, in my mind, like real world logic, like that, that kind of stuff has no place in a movie. Like it doesn't matter to a movie like this. It it has no part in the emotional stakes and the character journeys. Uh, when I think about my favorite movies, I don't think about them logically making sense. I think about like why I connect with them, like why they make me feel a certain way. And that to me is like, that's how I consume this movie. To me, it's, it's a painting with its with its own environment like it makes its own rules it doesn't need it's not beholden to anything it's it's just writing its own rule book in a way that like i find so fascinating and and in a way that i think a lot of people just aren't ready for like people are very satisfied what a movie is following the rules and traditional in a lot of ways and i love when shit's a traditional
1: (laughs) yes you do (laughs) i you know This is something that we've talked about a lot over the 12 years we've been Mm -hmm. working together. And I think what you just said in there helped me understand your mindset on this more than anything else that we've ever talked about. (laughs) I've tried so many times to explain myself. I know. When you said that it's like a painting to you and thinking about it that way in terms of the logic, because of course there are people that saw like a Picasso painting where like, you don't paint faces like yeah. that. That's not what a face looks like. And you're just like, shut up. <laughs> it's an interpretation <laughs> yes. of a face. It's carrying this emotion. And what are you feeling when you look at a face that's presented that way? Or what are you looking at with a Modigliani when the bodies are uh, made to look the way that they look or any like cubism, impressionism, anything that's not hyper-realistic. Right. What are you taking away from that style and the way in which it morphs reality and breaks logic to get at something else? And that's not typically how I've thought of movies. Yes. Um, Most people I would say don't. Yes. Because there is such a... In narrative, cause and effect is so important there's no like plot hole in a painting, right? Right. Because the exactly. logic is just it's there. <laughs> like it's this visual it just thing. is thing. So the moment that you start to look at movies as narrative more so than as like experience or impression yes. or feeling, I think all the the logic criticisms come in and are valid and make sense why people would feel that way but film is also visual it's clearly it's it's a very important visual medium and if you lean more towards the the visual painting response in the way that you would to visual art aspect of it everything that you've ever said about movies makes so much more sense to me (laughs)
0: <laughs> and in my mind, it's not even that like narrative doesn't matter. Right. Uh, maybe in some ways it doesn't to me, but, <laughs> I, <laughs> but I, I almost feel like it, I, I feel like the conversation is something beyond that. Like this movies allow for a different thread of narrative. It allows us to reinvent the way we even think about narrative. Like, because in my mind, you a movie can have disruptive logic that ruins the experience in the sense that like, if you set up certain rules and you break them like that, it pulls you out of the reality of what they've presented. If you do something illogical in the sense that it hurts one of your themes or makes one of your themes not make sense or makes one of your character's motivations not make sense anymore. Like that's a problem. Like that takes me out of it. Um, But in, in terms of everything you're saying that like, narratives have always existed in a certain way in literary terms and there's a there's a there are certain rules for structure and certain logic must be real world logic must be followed like all of that stuff to me like that's that's basic <laughs> i hate to put it that way but like that's not we're not allowing movies to reach what they're truly capable of if we're putting those parameters around them and i think there's a middle
1: ground between what you were saying does bother you about like the ways in which narrative can matter to you with things like breaking in character breaking like mm. the world building that's gone on and what you're just saying about like the foundational or like narrative should do this uh, there's often kind of an an overlap to me like uh, fast 5 i have no issues with the hobs right Mm -hmm. He comes in, he's a little more, like, cartoony than everyone else. But it's not necessarily, like, outrageous in a way.
0: He reminds me of, like, the rooster sheriff in uh, the Looney Tunes cartoons.
1: Yeah, he, like, just so over the top. But by the time we're, like, in the later movies, was it seven or eight? Yeah. Some of the scenes with him are so, like, tonally different to me than the rest of the movie or rest of the like what's going on with everyone else that it starts to feel like a, a clash to sure. me um but in fast five yeah there's definitely ridiculous <laughs> aspects to it like but the impression like the painting style that you're talking about <sighs> makes sense like the elena his relationship with elena moves maybe a little too quick for me or is a little too like undercooked for me sure um and then the rock still i remember in 2011 (laughs) being like wow rock did such a great job and now like 2023 being like "Eh," he was definitely the weakest person in the (laughs)
0: the and fast five yeah fast
1: five he's great no I think he's the Gina Carana of Fast Five. <laughs> oh my gosh.
0: What an insult. Uh so Fast Six? Yeah, Fast and Furious Six, which I it's funny, I was thinking about this movie today. I love this movie so much. It's awesome. It ups the ante in a lot of ways. Like the action's better, the philosophy's deeper. But I don't think it's better than Fast Five, and you kind of alluded to it. Whereas As the movies go on, there tends to be more of like a disparate energy going on throughout. Like certain groups have their certain dynamics. And like we shift between like rollicking cowboy cop to like the Joker crew making jokes to Dom and Brian talking about family. Like there's a lot of different tones at play. Um, And Fast and Furious 6 like is a stepping stone to like, oh, that happening a lot more. But Fast Five isn't really that. Not at all, but it kind of has like one general tone that meshes really well between everybody. Like it feels like there's one core of the movie that everything's revolving around, um, in a way that the rest of the movies don't match. And I think because of that, like that's why I like it a little more than Fast and Furious Six. Hmm. I get that.
1: I view Fast and Furious Six as like a nice middle ground between the two. I. Everybody does feel still part of a whole like we got in Fast Five, but they're able to have a little bit more screen time. Like, I think that was one of the things in Fast Five that I was a little disappointed in. I was like, oh, we get the group back together, but the group doesn't really have as much to do as Dom and Brian, which makes sense. It's their first kind of movie all reassembled, so you're giving them some stuff to do, but it felt like the roles were a little um boxed in just a bit mm-hmm. where I like in six that everybody has a lot more to do it's so true. we're getting to see more of the group kind of flourish together and work together yeah but it's still of a whole where I feel like in future movies everybody's kind of broken out a little bit more <laughs> yeah, they it's are. like they discovered in this one the dynamics that they liked and just kind of doubled down on it a lot. So it was very fresh to me in this one. And then as we get into 7, 8, 9, it feels kind of stale to me in some ways uh, with how it goes. So like this to me is kind of like the perfect level up to 5. And is giving me a lot of the, the breakout that I wanted from 5. You know me with scope and scale. Mm-hmm. Without tipping too far into the like silliness that we get in 7, 8, and 9.
0: I, I totally agree with all of that like it's definitely branching 5 out a little bit in a way that doesn't feel ridiculously out of control and it probably just speaks more to like what you and I want from movies like I totally dig all that stuff and love watching this movie Uh, but I, I do like the core dynamic yeah. but you know this movie has that it really does even though all the sprawling adventures are going on which for the record are all incredible like when um uh Roman and Han chase that guy and like get beat up by the guy who like knows oh, yeah. how to actually fight like that yeah. shit's great um even when like Tej and Hobbs go to buy a car like that scene's great like they're they're all hitting their marks they're doing good work um but it's still at, at there is a core to this movie and that they are trying to save letty like they they are there for dom it, it's just it's an incredible thing because w- w- truly roman tej brian all them like they're there to get pardons sure and yeah they're kind of tasked of saving the world but like those all feel tangential to saving letty like they're there to help dom like, that is the core of the movie that informs the emotion, the aesthetic, like, what is driving everything going on within the movie. And I, I just can't think of another movie that's able to pull this kind of thing off that well. Like, like all these people show up for this because, like, family is so important to them. Because this woman they've never met is so important to this man that, like, they they adore that they follow that they they feel loyalty to it's it's ridiculous on paper yet it works so well in the movie in a way that I'm just it's perfect it's absolutely perfect
1: I think it shows the the trust and the faith that the group has like the goodwill to where it's like yeah we did this huge thing together in the previous movie like we're in it you're telling us you need us for this thing there's benefits to us but like we care and we're going to have your back and establishing that faith and that trust, I think is such a crucial element to saying like this group is united and really making you buy in by the time we're in like that big sequence at the end. And I do think that this is a movie. I don't think it's on the level of casino Royale in terms of micro narratives or like pirates of the Caribbean in terms of micro narratives. But I think this is the best the franchise has ever been when it comes to really understanding having the through lines of like a beginning, middle and end in the action sequences and the set pieces. And it makes all the action in this movie just like hits in a way that it hadn't in three, four and five, um, five it's getting there. Like Mm -hmm. there's still some great moments going on, but it's such, I feel like, five it's kind of like a a nice ensemble or like a band playing where like this gets up to the orchestra level Mm -hmm. of i get that we have all this stuff going on but to have that emotional core of like letty like just compare this to fast and furious where dom's on his revenge mission because he thinks letty's dead compared to this in the way in which we have the human element playing out through the story with the narrative of the action sequences going on, it dovetails so well together and plays off of each other so well that the story and action are so infused in a way that with the fourth one, you kind of have to like pull them together. And this one that's just working perfectly. Yes.
0: It's seamless. It, it's yeah. pretty, it's incredible just how effortless, effortless it all feels like, at every decision they're starting to make in these franchises from like people, characters never die. <laughs> Whenever you see a character die, that doesn't mean they're dead. Like, <laughs> ev- it just like the cartoonishly evil things uh, Shaw does, like running over people with his tank, like just yeah. murdering rampantly. It, all of these decisions it makes, they make, again, it's all, it's all, um, due to what fast five set up that there are no rules that you can have characters do whatever you want for the sake of like advancing the message and uh, whatever reason you need to give <laughs> to to have them convert over to the other side or be alive. Like so be it as long as it fits in with the message and like what it's doing. Um, I, I just think like this movie is another case in point of how well they handle all of that and how easily all those pieces maneuver and form a cohesive whole. Like there's, I just think there's not ever a step in this movie that feels fake or unwarranted. Well, you know, it, there are moments like that. I I think happen in like Furious Seven or F Nine, where I'm like, I don't quite believe that. But like in this movie, the most ridiculous things ever happen, and like it feels honest. It, it feels earned. It feels like it's part of what this movie's been setting up, in it and it feels climactic and important to the emotional journeys going on like it's just amazing to pull something like that off
1: well you look at just the difference in quality of how they set up letty's like she survived <laughs> uh to hans he survived yeah. where with letty they kind of like show what happened they, show it. they yeah. make it clear with han they're just like uh, oh, you know mr nobody with his magic you're like, okay,
0: like, are you really? I don't mind it, but I get that. Are you insulting me like that? Do you... mm. I don't okay. feel insulted. I'm just happy Han's back. Yeah, I I like Han being back. It's, it was just. Although I got to say that that whole moment where they were like, let's show why Letty's alive. Like they show the guy shooting the gun and he like pointedly, this. he's got the gun aimed at her head. And then, like, with an evil sneer, is like, I'm going to shoot the gas tank instead. Like, this calculated decision to, like, carefully move his gun, like, three inches to the left. <laughs> like, the camera's noting, like, hey, look, he's pointing at his gun somewhere else. Um, this is a really good idea to shoot the gas tank. And, like, she goes flying. Like, wouldn't he see her fly off? I don't know. It's silly. It is, it is dumb. You don't feel insulted by
1: that? I it has at least like a little bit more of a sure to it like if i can just say sure sure most times i'm okay with it as like ridiculous as it is like sure like in fast fast x when they drop dom's car from the helicopter yeah onto the road 99.99% of the time the car just what explodes or flips
0: <laughs> or like <laughs> smashes into 15 pieces yeah but
1: could it land like is there in my like basic i'm a kid playing with like toys which is the way you should think when you're watching these movies it, can i see like a car landing from a helicopter sure um but with like han just being like oh mr nobody's magic i'm not like
0: sure i'm just like stupid <laughs> You talk about they show a shot of him in the car, then a shot of him not being in the car. That's that's all I need.
1: Within like they just pan for because it was like three seconds that the car is upside down before it explodes. It was
0: that way in Tokyo Drift. It was that way when they showed it like three more times. I find that to be a creative decision that we're already we're talking about future movies again. But I find that to be a creative decision where like who knows if Han's ever even in that car. Like, it's not like we're seeing it in real time. Han being in the car, or not being in the car. In my mind, like it's they give off the perception that Han's in trouble, but he never was in trouble.
1: He was clearly in the car. He was driving it from the from the whole part in Tokyo Drift.
0: Yeah, but Tokyo Drift doesn't really count. <sighs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> there we
1: go. Um so six, I like uh, I like Luke Evans in this too. Fuck like yeah. I feel like Luke Evans really has the best villain energy since the dude in number two. Oh, um, yeah. and they give him like a little bit more time, a little bigger of an introduction. He's not just some random figurehead in the background. Uh, that opening. Like we meet him as he takes out like all the agency forces and everything and drives around and outsmarts everybody. I guess we meet him in the hospital. No, wait. We meet his brother in the hospital in the next one. Yeah. But, yeah, that opening scene with Owen... I think is really cool and the fact that he has a little bit of characterization in terms of all about precision and he likes to switch out parts until it's perfect which goes against the family dynamic of loyalty and investing in people absolutely he's the antithesis yeah so you have this really nice dynamic going on um it's maybe like roughly on, like a little rough but it's at
0: least there Uh, It's definitely rough because it's like, it's so obvious. Like, everybody just wears what they believe on their sleeves. Yeah. Like, and he's saying
1: that out to people. It'd be different (laughs) if they just showed him switching out. But yeah. Uh, I didn't see the twist coming with uh, Gina Carano.
0: (laughs) How could you have seen that coming? I just, when it happened, I was just like, oh, it's ridiculous. Like, him and (laughs) her and Lady had a giant fight. Like, she should just stop in the middle and be like, hey, I'm on your side. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, there's no reason for me to beat the hell out of you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, it's, uh... I liked that. It's the first, like, genuinely surprising moment I had in all of those movies. Um, the only thing I disliked was when Gal Gadot, Giselle, f- goes flying off the car, like, sacrifices herself. Mm-hmm. And at the
0: end of it, they're not like, hey, let's go get her body. <laughs> or, it's a weird part of these movies is like, it, is somebody not obtaining bodies? Like, how, where was Michelle Rodriguez?
1: Yeah. At what point was Brian like, oh, yeah, it's her because I saw her body. It's like, well, no, there was no. Was there a body? Was it a fake body? Did they leave like a, did she leave a, a burned body? Whose body did she Imagine leave? Imagine if the world
0: was like this. There would just be bodies everywhere.
1: Yeah. I, it's like if someone just,
0: dies, like just leave it there.
1: So that's <laughs> that's one of the things that just bother. I don't me mind a, it
0: even a little bit.
1: Bother me a just somewhat, which was uh, nice in Cloverfield. Uh, a few like characters die, and or the brother dies at one point in Cloverfield, and you have the brother's girlfriend and the main guy whose brother it was. Uh, eventually, like, grieving over it and just being like, oh, my God, Jason's dead and, like, hugging each other and having, like, a moment. It's just, like, a minute in the movie. But giving them at least time to acknowledge that grief Yeah, was something that I was happy that movie did because I feel like recently in some movies I've been watching and really in the Fast and Furious franchise, there's not a lot of acknowledgement of, like collateral damage or death toll or even when like people they know and like die you don't see like a big you get a little bit of it with like han's funeral and them being like no more no more funerals uh but then with like gal gadot they're just kind of like oh giselle didn't make it okay should we go look maybe she survived and they're like, nah she
0: couldn't have yeah, this gets back to what I said about Fast Five, though. Like, that's not of this movie. Like, that's not important. Like, that is something a movie could do, but that is not what these movies do. And it, and in my mind, that is not. It doesn't inhibit the story. It, it doesn't inhibit the emotional stakes. It's just, it's a decision. It's, it's, it's the tenor and tone of these movies. It's the dramatic weight there at the end of Fast and Furious Six when they're standing there looking out at just the debris on the runway, like this kind of communal acknowledgement of like what happened. There's no need for like a moment for Han breaks down and like everyone comforts him. Like that is something movies could do, but that's just not what the fast movies do. I guess
1: the thing that feels a little incongruous to me about that is that if we're supposed to buy into the family dynamic and the loyalty and how much they care about each other, and that's supposed to drive like the core of this group than not having the natural human
0: reactions to loss You're talking about I I completely disagree like you' you're talking about something that would happen to somebody in real life in that moment so like that's not that's not what I need from a movie like I don't need that to happen to believe it.
1: But then how are we supposed to buy into the like we all care about each other and this is a family dynamic because and, in those exists. moments,
0: doesn't
1: I, I, make it feel a little hollow if, in the times where there is loss, they don't care about the the loss? You are saying Doesn't, they
0: don't care. Just, like the only reason you are saying they don't care is because they don't break down and cry.
1: Yeah, they barely acknowledge it, even a little bit.
0: It, it, oh, gosh, Chris, you got to stop watching movies like this. Like, especially the fast movies. Like, that's if you if you are bringing that mentality into the movie, if you are expecting a natural human reaction like that, like something that would happen in that moment to a real human being in that actual situation. Like, yeah, that probably would be disappointing to see all that.
1: Like, I mean, we have the juxtaposition between, as we're saying, like Owen Shaw's like, Oh, the perfect parts, all that matters. Like people are expendable. You just need to get the the right one. If you're setting that up as like the antithesis and the negative energy and showing him not care about his people. Then I want to see the group I don't, care about their people. I don't understand if, why you think they don't care. Because we don't see them care that Giselle dies. They care
0: the entire time. <laughs> they, they, are they're, 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 their entire communal relationship, like what they're all fighting for, like what mission they're on. Like they're all there for the same thing. And I, I guess on some level, I, I would assume that they assume th- they understand death can happen in pursuit of something like that like you're again i just like i feel like what you're asking for is like i mean i don't want to (laughs) use no i i guess i used the word earlier basic like that's not like i guess i don't see how that would allow my connection to these people and my understanding of their mission and how they feel about each other like to elevate you're i feel like you're just asking for a dramatic scene in a movie that's not really concerned with that kind of that that kind of aesthetic
1: it's not a dramatic scene it's not needing like some big like breakdown it sounds like from that's what you're
0: saying though
1: no i just need an acknowledgement of like them being like oh we lost giselle like
0: you need them to say the words we lost giselle
1: did I say I need them to say the words we lost Giselle? Just something a little more serious than just going right back to like fun banter and having a barbecue being like, good one guys. It's like, how, how, how does that not read as like empty and hollow to you? That if we're saying like, Oh, it's about family. Then in this moment, when you lose a family member, especially the that reaction final, is just to kind of like, that final scene on. is about
0: family and like what they're fighting for. Like, but the, they the, don't the spirit, care about losing somebody. That's I, again, it sounds like you're saying you want someone to say the words out loud. We lost Giselle. Like we need to commemorate her when really like the spirit of her and what she was a part of is there at the end of the movie. I don't, what you're asking it to do is like, to me, kind of boring <laughs> not having a human reaction
1: to loss is... again you're
0: st- you're you're burdening this movie with like s- s- expectations of what we would think a movie would do in this situation like because... something yeah well
1: no. i don't know because it's telling me that it's about family and these people care about each other and like we're supposed to buy into that i would expect it to demonstrate the family element. I think it
0: absolutely does.
1: How? I, I just mean, said I, how
0: they, th- that whole last scene of the movie and everything they talk about, like their whole mantra and mission statement, Giselle is part of that. But it sounds like a, a, a cult
1: at that point of being like, it kind of is the, as the cult lives, so you shall live. And any one person that, that is passes, how these movies
0: function, <laughs> <laughs>
1: That to me is very like
0: empty. What? Empty? In what empty. way is it empty if it's it's the entire underpinning of these movies?
1: Because you have an opportunity to care about law. Look at look at how Dom reacted to Letty's the way death you say in they don't Fast care. and Furious.
0: Just, because I, I they will not they be don't. able to wrap my mind
1: around that. Look how they treated Letty, like thinking Letty died in four and how big of a deal it was for Dom like how he reacts
0: to Elena's death but in that's eight. the driving plot of the movie is getting letty back like th- if there was a movie about avenging Giselle like that energy probably would be infused into it
1: if you were to tell Dom that Letty died at the end of like number <laughs> 1 or something <laughs> you would expect some kind of like reaction to it or if they acknowledge that Brian like that Paul Walker passed away that Brian was gone you would expect like something a little more they went to Han's funeral and were like sad for Han like they have shown these things in the past so when it's selective in
0: terms of like Giselle eh. I well in that moment they do comfort Han like Mia does realize what happens and she goes over to him and hugs him But also in that moment, they're wondering if Dom's going to walk out of the fire. Yeah. So So there's a mix of of energies going on.
1: Yeah. I I don't, I think it's,
0: I think you're being too forgiving to like the spirit of. I'm not being forgiving. I'm just going with, I'm just reading what the movie's doing. I think it's doing it real fucking well. Nah. (laughs) It's the, the aesthetic, the tone the weight of these movies, it's to me, it's all calculated and done a very specific way. And what you're introducing, what you're asking it to do is not part of what it does. I think that there's a way for it to do it that is absolutely, like, totally fine. Like, are you upset that they Hans could do has that. a funeral? Like, No, no, no. I'm saying they could do all those things. I'm saying it's not necessary. I think it is when you're establishing. Of course if you they, do. If you you want to breed in rules and expectations to these movies, and I don't want to do that.
1: You just said if the world building. You said at the beginning if the if there's something that goes against like the world building or like the tone or. But logic I don't think this things, goes against the tone. I'm saying it does. <laughs> well, I'm saying
0: you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Family's supposed to matter, but the death of a family member doesn't. It does matter. I never said it didn't matter. Uh, show me where in the like. I'm. I the, did. I've said it multiple times. And that just last because at scene. the barbecue
1: they're like happy in talking about
0: family yes yes absolutely absolutely like the spirit of what they were fighting for like is infused into what they've accomplished and like the fact that they've gotten these pardons and they can go back home and they can exist as a family back where they agree. like all of that that's just part of the energy this entire group had throughout the entire movie throughout throughout the whole franchise yeah you're asking for something very, very specific for it to do.
1: I'm asking for them to not be <laughs> distant about the loss of somebody. Like, how does that? I guess I don't
0: think it's the spirit.
1: It, not acknowledging it is
0: not distant. see. Again, we're just gonna we're gonna do circles around that point. Not acknowledging it. What you're saying is a literal acknowledgement.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Because the movie does literally acknowledge everything else that's going on at whole, times
0: and points. Our whole discussion about the th- painting is just out the window now. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I have no time for that kind of like. I don't care if a movie has to or doesn't have to. Like it, I only care if a movie does something well. Like I don't need it to do something specific. Yeah, I if. To me, doing something well when
1: you're establishing like family is important and not just interchangeable parts is that if you
0: lose like a part, then it's meaningful. I feel the weight of her gone at the end of that moment. I'll show, I I think maybe you're just misreading that moment in general where they're standing on the runway. Like, I feel it's very heavy at that moment. Like, you totally feel Han, the weight of Han losing the woman he loves. I'll go back, I'll watch that. And then when
1: we come back for the next episode, I'll (laughs) let you know.
0: <laughs> Can't wait, Cliffhanger. Ha. Huh. Huh. Okay. I mean, if you thought that was a lot of arguing, wait for the next episode.
1: Oh man. Oh man. Yeah, the next one, seven, eight, and nine is going to be three,
0: three good movies. <laughs> <laughs> three horrendous. You actually, you think all three of them are bad? Yeah. Man. Yeah, we're going to get into it. (laughs) All right. Until then. Yeah, until then. At West Credit Union, we're working towards a brighter financial future for both our members and our community, knowing that when you succeed, we all succeed. That starts with a solid financial foundation. As a credit union, we have no stockholders demanding profits. Our commitment is to our members. Experience the difference with our money market max bonus promotion, offering a cash incentive for letting us protect and grow your money. West Credit Union, working for you today, tomorrow, together. Meriwest Credit Union is insured by NCUA.